0: Hello and welcome to episode 22 of the Scottish Loversy Podcast with me, Anthony Samro And me, Donald Trump Sorry, Tom It's the 10th of November 2016 and the end of the world is nigh or at least that is the case if you have been keeping a pace with the media including social media the world is Socialist falling, media The world is falling apart and Trump is in the White House but is he going to be as disastrous as some may think? And why did he win? I know, now I sound like I actually am on a serious I'm problems. actually
1: fucking impressed with that. <laughs> that was pretty damn good. Fucking Mr. Samaroff. Do you think we could keep that going? <laughs>
0: okay, I, I don't think I can stay that professional. So,
1: for those of you who don't know,
0: we did a live feed... ...during about five hours of live feed...
1: It was five hours, ...during
0: the election. And I want to thank the literally dozens of people who joined us during those hours. Facebook gave us a count of over 2,000 views of people who actually saw... um, ...even if it was a few seconds of the live feed. But there were dozens of people who stuck by us, asked us questions... We had phone-ins and people talked to us about the election. I was surprised with the result. I had a feeling that Trump might win, actually, but I was definitely second-guessing it. Uh, what did you think?
1: Well, I think I'm on record saying just before the uh, or as the show started that I thought Trump was just going to edge it. Right. Uh, I thought he was going to win it. That was my feeling. It had that Brexit feel about it, mm. the whole thing. And yet again, you know, the the thing that strikes me above anything else is, once more, the media, the pundits, the pollsters, everybody got it wrong. And it seems to me that there's there's a veracity in the, the notion that these things don't reflect public opinion as much as trying to shape it.
0: Right. But, I mean, when you speak about the bookies, for example... Yeah. They have a vested interest in not trying to sort of shape public opinion, so to speak, yeah. because they they stand to actually lose money.
1: But and, they're, they're, they're basing their analysis. And they go like, OK, oh, hey, who's the professionals? Right. You know, so they're listening to political pundits. They're listening to... I mean, what else is going to do? I would guess that bookies don't have the network. Right. It's not their, you know, it's not really their stock and trade. You know, their stock and trades football, their stock and trades racing, their stock and trades baseball. So that's where their professionals and their uh, experts are normally employed. So I guess what happens there is they just run with the. I mean, I don't know what were the odds. The odds, I think, on There was odds on on uh, Hillary Clinton. Sure. I don't know what the odds on Trump were. Uh, I mean, and it'd be interesting to, to find out just how much the bookie's lost. Now if th- anybody knows, let us know.
0: Yeah, please let us know. The other thing to consider is, if it's your plan to sort of manipulate the public, the last thing you want to do is give the candidate you don't want to win bad odds, because that encourages their supporters to come out in force and make sure they vote, yeah. Well, the popular candidate... People say, oh, well, they're going to win anyway, uh, so I might as well not vote. Now, the thing is, during the campaign, I I don't have a television, but I've gone past televisions a few times, and I have not seen one news show with either a positive or a neutral stance, with either a positive or a neutral stance towards Trump. Every TV program I saw was against Trump. Now, some people listening might think and a good thing too and that's completely fine i'm just pointing it out i mean the bbc when trump got elected sounded like they were reporting on a funeral what i really want to get into today is why trump won why did he win i watched his speech and i was encouraged by at least a couple of things he said i mean obviously everyone gives a good speech But he said that he wants to be friends with any nation that is friendly towards the US and that even though they will always put America first, they want to deal with other countries fairly. I hope he delivers on that promise. The other promising news is that Putin came out saying he wants to resume regular relations with the USA. And, you know, okay, it might be a disaster that Trump's been elected. On the other hand, for all the liberals who are very clearly upset, distraught, and so forth, that I've seen on my Facebook news feed. I wish I'd saved some of their comments to read out. People are very worried about this. We might have actually just averted war with Russia, for all I know. And Iran. Uh, And Iran. We'll we'll see. Some people believe that Donald Trump is nuclear-happy. You know, you wouldn't trust him with his hand on the button, or you know, since he's been easily offended by media pundits, maybe he'll be easily offended by what other countries say, and he'll be trigger happy to go to war. Do you think there's any truth in that?
1: I don't know. It doesn't seem. Uh, I haven't heard anything in his rhetoric that would uh, that would suggest that. He would, I mean, the only the countries that he does seem to have a contempt for or uh, the most contempt for is NAFTA partners, right? Uh, Canada and Mexico. Uh, and neither, China. Uh, well, China, China just... I mean, he has a lot of rhetoric against China in terms of the fact that they're out-competing America. I don't know if he has said anything really derogatory about China. He said
0: a lot of derogatory things about China. I mean, China have been pinning their currency to the USA, but what does the Federal Reserve do other than manipulate the currency, other than devaluate the currency? Anything that Trump has accused China of doing is something that America does as well. He's threatened to put tariffs on Chinese goods. I think that would be a disaster, both for America and, well, just for... It wouldn't be good for anyone, because... protectionism um, is never good. It's never been good, and it will not help create more American jobs. They'll just start importing stuff from other places instead plus they won't have the benefit of cheap goods from china that that trade's good for china and it's good for americans because they get cheap chinese goods so i hope but i think with the china thing the main focus of trump was it was an us fees them way of trying to get people to vote for him you know identify an enemy oh we've got a problem china are beating us they're out competing us Vote for me and and we'll win this trade battle. I think he's probably going to ease up. I don't think he's going to put a 30-40% tariff on Chinese goods. I don't think he's going to follow through with that. Do you think he's going to build a wall?
1: I, I suspect not. I mean, somebody said that, you know, I think it was Bill Burr, the comedian, said that, you know, before the election, you know, he talks, Trump talked like a wrestler, like a WWF wrestler, you know. I'm going to do this, I'm going to rip your head off, I'm going to yada yada. I'm going to build a wall. I'm man. going to build a wall. Now, maybe he will. Maybe he'll actually do that. I think it would be foolish. I don't think it's going to help anything. I don't think it's going to be that effective at, at doing what he's trying to do. No, I, I'll be surprised if he does. But then again, it's an ele- it's, a, it's a very clear election promise. He wouldn't be the first politician or first president to break a clear electoral promise. But here's the thing, he can't just do... Okay, he can make executive order after executive order, but if he really wants to do these things, he's going to have to have the backing of... no he's, he's, he's off to a good start. He's got pretty much control of the House. Would I be right in saying that? Yes, but you say that. Yeah. The
0: Republicans have control of the House. Half of his own party yeah, exactly. are against him. A lot of the neocon establishment... And, you know, one of the reasons I'm actually happy that Trump got elected is it's a massive fuck you to the neocons who said he had no chance of winning and had no chance of getting the nomination. Yeah. Uh, And I hate them because they were... They basically orchestrated the wars and while saying they were for a small government and massively increased the size of government, I believe in tax cuts but their tax cuts specifically targeted the rich rather than being across the board. board. And I I think that was an immoral way of cutting taxes in that period of governance. So, yes, he's got the houses, but this is... And people are very worried about Trump in this country from what I can see on social media. But in my opinion, he's not going to do jack shit because... Now, I could be wrong. Mm. I don't think he's going to do anything because he, 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 even if he has got the House, half of his own party hates him, the anti-war left are going to come out of their weak cave yeah. that they've been hiding in for eight years. If Trump tries to do anything insane, there's going to be massive public protests. And this is why, it might surprise some people in this country, but I think Trump is, in a way, the lesser of two evils, because... He is not going to be able to do the things with impunity that Hillary Clinton would be able to do with impunity.
1: I mean, do you think he's going to be a dead president? I don't, I I mean, either literally or I think. Or, or, I mean, what what do you think he will get done? I think he will try and reverse. He's going to have a really good stab at reversing the Obamacare program. Right. I think he's going to do that.
0: Well, Bill Clinton was even going around saying that that's a disastrous program. I mean, some people are saying the only thing Obama has accomplished is Obamacare. There's left-wing and liberal people who are saying Obamacare is terrible because average people are going to have their premiums doubled. So he might accomplish that. He might not. I think he's... I think... The Senate and the House of Representatives are well within their power to turn him into a lame duck if it's required to do so. I think he's going to have a stab at, whether it's by building a wall or otherwise, reducing the amount of immigration to America from Mexico. What do you think about
1: that? It's, yeah, he might have a stab at that. He, he, he's certainly announced that he's going to yes. do it. Um, yeah, he'll go for it. Whether he's going to be able to achieve that is, is, is an entirely different thing. Um, it doesn't look as it ties in with building the wall. It, there's been such a close close working relationship between Mexico and those that southern part of America in the last fifty years. There's so many businesses that are completely reliant on Mexican labor, cheap Mexican labor. I really don't see how it's going to be feasible. Um, I think Trump, the candidate, uh, and Trump, the president could be two completely different okay. people. Uh, even if he wants, to, like we've said, even if he wants to do these things, how far he's going to be able to get away with, with doing them is entirely... Yeah. Look, well, we all know, trying to get anything done as an American he's only got four years to do it, mm-hmm. really. And he uh,
0: better do something good, otherwise he's not going to get a second term. Yeah. And there's going to be a massive reaction to his election from the left. If they're clever, mm-hmm. they will line up a very good candidate for four years time because I think they're scared shitless I think they got a shock that they never intended to get and so there's a there's a there's a belief here Um, did you have something to add? Well I was no go ahead there's a belief here that Trump getting elected is symptomatic of racism nationalism sexism, um, sexism yeah. you know misogyny and um rising fascism and do do you think that is why let's get down to why yeah, let's get to trump, down to why he got why did trump get elected do you think it's down to a movement um that is uh, right wing and the way that the term right wing got uh, was uh, has been applied okay in let's,
1: Europe? like everything else people want simple explanations for complex events. That's right. Uh, And I really don't think this is simple. It's too easy to say, well, he won because of misogyny. Okay, like misogyny. Would these people on the left really be happy with uh, Sarah Palin? Mm -hmm. Would they have all just voted for Sarah Palin because she was a woman? I really don't think so. No, were there there people who just didn't want a woman president? I'm sure there were. Mm -hmm. Were there people who just absolutely hated Hillary Clinton? I couldn't stand Hillary Clinton, but then again, I didn't have a vote. Yeah, I'm sure there was. Were there people who were fascists who voted for Trump? Undoubtedly. Were there people who were racists who voted for Trump? Undoubtedly. But is that the reason? No. There was ha- he couldn't have just got into power uh, with that kind of support. He needed uh, the support of uh, women. He got I reckon it's something as high as 47% in some right. instances of women voting for him. So clearly they didn't think he was that. And so I just thought, well, look, he's a 70 year old guy. He's going to have some outdated views on women.
0: And also, he comes from New York where people like trash talk. And I don't yeah, think, yeah. and some of the more conservative parts of America, and I use that small c not, yeah. um, it's not acceptable to talk in that way. But it's just like par for the course in New York to say, oh, I'm going to kill you or make an obnoxious comment. You know, that's kind of. That's part of their culture. And yeah. I don't think people recognise that. But go on.
1: Yeah, I just think so. There's there's no way... I mean, the left just want... They'd love pinning things on... Just, well, look, Brexit was because of racists and homophobes. Yes, but and, they you know, all,
0: of course, say to us, well, not everyone voted for Brexit because they were racist, but every racist was voting for Brexit.
1: What, what, what can you do? You know, there, there might be... you. Know, there's conceivably people who voted for Hillary Clinton because they really wanted to go to war with Iran and they thought well she'll go to war with Iran and she'll go she could go to war with Russia so let's vote her in Um, you can't you know, you can't really blame the candidate for that you can't really tar everybody who voted for him with the same brush and, and one of the things I hear saying as well oh he was voted for by you know white uh, working class blue collar males as if they're not entitled yeah. to a voice and they're not entitled to an opinion and they're not entitled to representation and it's all there's also something deeply prejudicial deeply bigoted about saying well if you're white and you're a working class blue collared man you are a racist and you are a by de- default you know you couldn't have any other opinion as a as a, as a white working class uh, male it's um It's insidious, and there's 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 also when they say things like it was uh, it was low low information electorate who voted for low information certainly
0: were low information if they were watching the mainstream media because the mainstream media reported so many half truths. And you have to say they were overwhelmingly against Trump, and it's amazing that he managed to win, considering the whole of the mainstream media was against him, yeah. including uh, uh, for a long time. I don't know if they changed their tune towards the election, but Fox News certainly were 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 not the most right wing yeah. media outlet. Were now I, saw... I just
1: like to say this: low information, by the way, is a is a snidey. Uh, metropolitan way of saying you're stupid. Right. Yeah. If you don't agree with me. Yeah, if you don't agree with me, you're low information. In other words, you're stupid. You just don't know the facts that I know. You just don't have the information that I have. You're just not capable of making the decisions that I do because I'm better educated than you.
0: And there's this feeling on the right that there's this um, liberal media and they made this liberal media conspiracy and... The the way that this ties in with what you're saying is that if you tend to ask conservatives or libertarians what they think left-wingers believe on certain policy positions, they'll tend to give you a pretty accurate view of, well, they think this will help the poor, even if they don't agree with them. Whereas if you tend to ask left-wing people for why right wingers believe what they believe you tend to get very caricaturish mm-hmm. um versions of arguments that don't actually, well, that aren't really arguments they tend to put their their positions down to attitudes rather when when you ask the actual people, they tend to have reasoning that you might disagree with their reasoning, yeah. but they do have reasoning which which liberals tend not to know now there was a lot of media saying liberals were to blame for Trump getting elected, including The Guardian, Mm -hmm. including um, left-wing media, and including right-wing media. They were saying, well, this social justice warrior movement is to blame. And I think, okay, there might be a small constellation of Trump supporters who are racist or bigoted or misogynistic and don't want anyone of a different colour in America, but that would be a small portion i think as you say it's people blue collar workers who are worried about jobs and there's been a massive reaction to political correctness now i remember about 5 years ago if you got called a sexist on facebook it would it would be serious like i i whereas now people just people call each other sexist or or racist or this or the other and people just go ha ha lol yeah no one takes it seriously anymore in the space of five years or so this social justice warrior movement has gained a critical mass and there has been a reaction to it which is why i don't think that if you're a liberal minded and i mean a progressive liberal not a classic liberal in scotland you don't need to be worried about this small group of trump supporters alt-rightists who are misogynistic bigoted or whatever you seem to think that this is a movement that has growing steam behind it i what what i've seen in my life is what you think is a movement coalesces And then there's a counter to that movement that sends things off in a slightly different angle, but that movement doesn't actually grow to its zenith either, because there's a reaction to that movement, and I think the internet sped this up. So when you get back to Hegel, he talked about the dialectic, where you have a thesis, a um, which is something that is widely believed by a lot of people, then you have an antithesis, which is an opposing idea, and then they sort of struggle it out and they meet together, and a new ideology gets created, which is a synthesis of those two, and and then that becomes the thesis, and then you have an antithesis to that, and he believed that that's how the history of ideas progressed. Yeah. Now, Hegel talk, talk, talked a lot of shit, but that was one of his good ideas, and but in his he was talking about that taking place over hundreds of years. Now we're seeing ideas change that way in, in the space of five years. Yeah. So I don't think you need to be worried about the the alt right element. The, and I, I say that, I know that alt-right is a broad church and there's some people that talk about very important issues in the alt-right and and, and maybe do some good work. I'm talking about specifically that section of the alt-right that,
1: that you're worried about. That you're you know?
0: worried about. Um, yeah, yes, they have a voice. Yes, they've got louder. But now actually everyone knows who they are and can see them. And essentially, we need to up our game. I don't say weak, we as in... Whoever you are, I don't know who this we is. I think libertarians need to up their game. The lefties really need to up their game and start knowing what their opponent's arguments are. And if you disagree with those arguments, bring facts. Make a case. Make a case. Because all you get from your liberal comedians like John Oliver is uh, sophistry and manipulation. Bill Maher constantly making the composition fallacy where he says one Republican did this, therefore all Republicans are that. You know, these comedians are not insightful journalists. A lot of what John Oliver says is half-truth and sophisms. And Mm. if you go, you can watch videos where they just basically debunk him claim by claim. These people are lying. You're going to have to do a lot better than that on the left. You're actually going to have to come up with arguments and evidence.
1: I mean just to to reiterate you know to to make sure I'm not I wasn't for Trump I'm still not for Trump I think I think he's far he, some of his policies I think his economic policies could be far more damaging uh, so I wasn't for him. Does anybody know, incidentally, do you do you know how, how... Did Gary Johnson get his 5% or did he get...
0: I think he will have been shy of that. Um, okay. There were some regions where he got slightly more than 5%, some regions where he got 6% and up, but many of them he only got 2 or 3%. So, yeah. I mean, um, it was
1: the devil's own choice. It really was. I mean, I, I would hate to have been American and have to and be forced to go, what did I do with my vote? And do I trust Trump? Absolutely not. Just because somebody is a blunt speaker and says things that are, they go, oh my God, he actually said that. Yeah. That doesn't mean he say that they're truthful no. or honest, you know, or there's any yeah. veracity in what they say. He's just the kind of guy who, you know, like you say, he's a New Yorker. He's used to straight talking and tough talking. And I think that chimed, especially with working class guys, you know, this guy doesn't sound like a politician, he doesn't have a team of 30 spin, well he he probably did have a team of 30 spin doctors and promptly ignored them, you know Um, he doesn't have people telling him, oh don't say this, you can't say that, better if you say that this way, he didn't give a monkeys he just said, here's what I think and he just kept saying it and he kept doing it and he kept winning it his way and I think the more he did that the more it chimed with people, you know, I'm not saying he has a different. Well, he has no political background. Uh, it's a and business he, he background. I think it really just have... chimed with people that he wasn't the standard model politician talking political gobbledygook. Yeah,
0: yeah, I think I think a lot of people voted for him um, as a fuck you to the status quo. He has done a immense service, whether he's meant to or not, in absolutely destroying the credibility of the mainstream media for a large portion of people who didn't already get it that it was bullshit because they could report Trump said this, that or the other. Then people could go and fact check it and, and find out that the media was manipulating. Now, it, you have to say it's not just down to Trump, there were a lot of reasons not to vote Hillary, apart from her war, uh, her her warlike um, stance. You know, there's no doubt in anyone's mind who's ever had security clearance, and I, I heard some people in that position saying this, we know that if we or any of our colleagues know that if we'd done anything approaching what Hillary did with leaking these emails, We'd we'd be we'd be fired. We'd be in jail. We'd yeah. be in jail. Yeah. So she got off. The FBI, uh, like WikiLeaks, released six hundred fifty thousand more emails, and within twenty four hours or so, FBI said, "Yeah, we still found no nothing that we can indict her for." How did yeah. they get through six hundred fifty thousand emails in a day?
1: They are obvious. Well, they drafted uh, them Mexicans, obviously. <laughs>
0: yeah. This uh, notion of Hillary Clinton being above the law. Uh, Definitely went against her, uh, and there was all sorts of scandals in the WikiLeaks emails about, um, uh, about infighting in the Democrats, and they're,
1: they're But let's look at this woman. That she doesn't have a good pedigree. She's she's she was a confirmed liar. We know that she's like. Look, forget about the emails. That's just a tip of an iceberg right. in terms of the, not just Hillary uh, Clinton but her husband. You know uh the whole scandal about Chinese money laundered through White House funds. Yes, the, the uh, the, the whole, yeah the, the the was it the Whitewater uh scandal, um the murder of Vince Foster, you know, dead attorneys left and centre. This was all this is all part of the Clinton legacy. You know, her her brothers, the Rodham brothers, are pretty much regarded as gangsters She's connected to all the wrong establishment people as far as, you know, uh, You know, average Americans are concerned. You know, forget about her. Oh, like, you know, she's had 20 years of experience in politics. Well, yeah, but she's also 20 years of being associated with corruption, lies uh, and outright fraud. So that, you know, the, forget about the emails in the cell. Just look at the women's pedigree. She's been caught out lying. You know, she's, been, yeah. she, she's really been caught out doing it. Uh, so I, I think it's a good thing. I, I'm glad that Hillary didn't win. I am really glad. And it's got nothing to do with her being a woman, really. No. You know, but I, she, she was so I entitled.
0: See a, she a was also so president. entitled.
1: She actually, you when you listen to that woman... She came across as America owed her this. Yeah. You know, you owe me this presidency. You know? And and she kept on saying she was doing it for women she, and, and things like that. Well, Which is an arrogant statement because the idea, well, there you go, 47% of women didn't like, didn't fancy her in the in the job. Right. And I did still see posts on Facebook saying
0: that she was an inspiration and she was an inspiration to women and things like that. I think that you could do it a lot better than Hillary Clinton Obviously, the Green Party candidate was Jill Stein. Um, Eight years ago, I remember when she was up against Obama, most of the media was, is it going to be a black person or is it going to be a woman? Not much talk about policy. Well, the same year, the Green Party candidate was a black woman. There you go. You could have got everything all in one all-in-one on one, one, package. You know, yeah. package. And Was she a lesbian as
1: well? Because uh, that, that would have been just, you know... <laughs> I'm not really sure. For all, <laughs> I know,
0: for all I know, Cynthia McKinney might have been. I, I didn't and necessarily <laughs> agree with her her with all of her politics, yeah. but it, it, she struck me as someone who had integrity. Yeah. Um. So you can't say that it's just down to Trump. It's a lot down to Clinton. Some people yeah. were saying that if Bernie Sanders had been up there, he would have beaten
1: Trump. Do you
0: think that is true? I
1: don't think so. I don't I, think so. I really don't think so. I
0: don't think America's prepared to have a politician that calls themselves a socialist in the White House. And you know what? How has Bernie Sanders' policies worked out in Vermont? Um, <laughs> One of the most... Uh, it's funny, actually, that the, the states in America that are the most free market... I believe I saw it reported, tend to have the least of the kind of problems that uh, the left thinks that helping that using left-wing policies... That's, I mean, I'm
1: not up to speed. I, would, I, would, I wouldn't be surprised if, if that were there's true. A, there's
0: a couple of states with very left-wing economic policies that have got more poverty and things like that. Um, New Zealand basically had Bernie Sanders' platform up until the 90s since then they've become one of the most free market countries in the world uh, they're number four and have seen 25 years of massive growth and improvement in living standards since then yeah. so america please uh, yeah please by all means learn from the left in terms of their dedication to non-interventionist foreign policy and uh, their traditional think? advocacy for civil liberties but um Please, yeah. please continue to be sceptical of their economic policies.
1: I mean, I just, I mean, before we're done with uh, with Trump, I mean, I'd just like to see some of the reactions that are going on uh, in the UK uh, in terms of politicians here, their reactions, you know, Theresa May has been pretty much diplomatic, even Boris Johnson's given a you know, diplomatic view, look, everybody's looking forward to working with him, etc. By the way, this is, uh, we're assuming that he's going to actually make it to the White House. You know, there's, there's some, things for that, he could get shot. Uh, you know, the, the establishment could do that. Um, uh, don't worry about to too Obama much. Obama
0: might declare martial law.
1: Yeah, just exactly. Uh, or, or, you know, they could dig something up from his past that's right. just so horrific that, you know, maybe he ate a baby or something back in the 80s. I've got no idea. You know, but it's he's not in the White House yet, but it looks pretty much that he's going to get there. But anyhow, you know, the, the political leaders in the world have, uh, you know, have all put their, their, their piece in. The only ones who have really reacted in a very negative way have been, surprise, surprise, Scotland, the SNP, Urwee Nicky, has said... OK, lots of it. I'll just quick uh, have a run through it. Political leaders express concern over racist Quote, racist Trump. Apparently, he's a racist, uh, according to Nicola Sturgeon. But just quickly here uh, Scotland's political leaders have condemned the election of Donald Trump. As, them? Well, apparently so. You know, uh, every single one of them. Trump, as well, I'm one of Scotland's political leaders and uh, I haven't condemned it. Uh, <laughs> Scotland's political leaders have condemned the election of Donald Trump. Nobody's asked me. Donald Trump as US president, describing him as a racist, sexist bully who is not welcome in the country, despite his series of vestments north of the border. Way to go there, guys. The First Minister, Nicola Sturgeon, who publicly endorsed Hillary Clinton for the first, for the presidency and spoke out against Mr Trump before the vote, said she felt a real sense of anxiety at the outcome of the election. Well, look, at least she's consistent. At least she's not saying one thing after he's president, you know, mm. than that she was before mm. it, which some people are, you know, like Boris Johnson. Scotland's other political leaders were just as fearful, Patrick Harvey.
0: Oh it's Patrick, that man again. Deck.
1: Right, okay. Patrick Harvey, co-convener of the Scottish Greens, called on Ms Sturgeon Insett to shun the dangerous and deluded president elect. She must be clear that a racist, sexist bully is not welcome in Scotland, even if he is US president. But the Scottish government will be wary of alienating Mr. Trump due to his business interests, notably his due golf uh, resorts in Turnberry and Meany. I'm just wondering whether this is Donald Trump's election and his whole campaign has just been an elaborate ruse to get rid of this wind farm that's uh, that's bugging him. Uh, anyway, the Scottish Labour leader, Kezia Dugdale, who travelled to New York last month to spend three days campaigning for Ms. Clinton. You know, Why the hell? Why is a Scottish politician... Traveling to America to campaign on behalf of somebody else. Well,
0: yeah. on our payroll.
1: Yeah, well, I'd like to look into that to see if she was getting funded to do that on the public payroll. Uh, Ms. Clinton said, uh, said that the election result marked a dark day for those of us who believe in compassion, tolerance, and equality. Well, Kezia Dugdale believes in tolerance. How? fucking My arse, right? Ruth Davidson, right? The Scottish Conservative leader expressed hope that "quote President Trump turns out to be a different man to candidate Trump." Uh, well, there you go. That's that's Scotland's big lineup of uh, of leaders there.
0: Obama gave a very nice speech um, about handing over power to Trump. He said, "It's no secret that I have disagreements with Trump." Okay. Um, uh, but it's no no secret that I had disagreements with the Bush administration, and they were very professional and kind in in handing over the thing to us. Uh, and I'm very skeptical about Obama having serious disagreements with the Bush administration since he basically continued all of their policies. Right. Um, but um, yeah, no, I'm, that's just a joke, really.
1: And maybe just on a brief note here. Uh... On equality, right? Quotes, and quotes. There's a quote here in the same newspaper. This is the I paper. Uh, US women must fight harder for rights now. I don't know what rights that women in Western countries still have to get. I mean, I don't know. Is there anything that they don't have a right Not to? Not under
0: the law. Right, okay. But they define rights... They. Don't, I don't know. I, I mean, they... You're I guess they think h- they've
1: got a right to a job.
0: I don't know, right? You but, know the, the the right not to. I don't know the right to go down the street without being catcalled or the right. To, okay,
1: so then do I have the right to go down the street without being robbed, assaulted? You know,
0: you can't really, you can't really ensure those kinds. Of, of course rights.
1: you can't, because you don't know what you don't know what a third party is going to do. But anyway, women's equality campaigners and experts have questioned the decision by U.S. voters to reject a first female President and appear to accept Donald Trump's misogyny. Um, For women, the biggest threat might be Roe v.ersus Wade, a 1973 law which guarantees women the right to an abortion in all 50 states. Okay, I mean, I think the abortion thing should be down to state law. It shouldn't be a federal law. I mean, okay, a right to an abortion. Let's just take a look at that. A right to an abortion. I think you've got a right to choose what to do over your own body, whether you're a male or a female. A right to an abortion. Are you going to put a gun to a doctor's head and force him to carry out a termination? Because that—that I would say that's where you have to logically go to say that you have a right to an abortion.
0: Right. Well... I think that Roe v. Wade um, being repealed... As I don't think he's going to do it for a well, start. Well, it wouldn't be Trump that did it. It yeah. would be the Supreme Court justices that he elects. Yeah. And I've heard people say, oh, it's going to be a disaster if Trump gets elected, not because of what he does, but because he'll get Conservative pre um um, Supreme Court justices. Well, I mean, I think a, a there's as, court? There's, as, okay. there's as likely to be a disaster to have very liberal left Supreme Court justices because they are they, they might legislate against the spirit of the constitution.
1: I mean is the Supreme Court top heavy with, with right wingers No it's, at a, the moment? it's, it's right. been
0: about equal okay. at the moment. And but they can only appoint one. No. I think it's two or three okay because one justice has died and one justice is in his way out okay. so it's likely to be two or even three and that's why people are worried about yeah well about Trump this.
1: himself has got a pro-life stance um, and he said some controversial I things. He's,
0: um, I think he's definitely flip-flopped
1: yeah. on that issue yeah it's, it's
0: just this is about you know people who say they believe in democracy don't really believe in democracy. Yeah. Because if it's something like abortion, I don't care if 51%... Now, I, I believe that people... Or higher. People, mm. are, people should be able to have an abortion. Yeah. But...
1: Um, well, being able to have an abortion is not the same as having the right to one. Uh,
0: yeah, so the thing is that you're you're not going to get that... You if, if 60% of people were against it, liberals wouldn't suddenly go oh, well, that's democracy for you. The majority say that abortion is meant to be illegal. I don't really have that problem because I'm not a big fan of democracy in the first place. But it seems to be the liberals who are always saying, oh, we're so for democracy until it turns up a result they don't like, such as Trump or such as Brexit um, or such as this, um, yeah. you know, uh, an issue like abortion. and um, it might not be the worst thing in the world if it's devolved to the states and um, you know, if you believe in democracy and, and the same thing for gun rights you know, for for you know the right they might really very much want the whole of America to have the right to a, a weapon, well you can devolve that to the states as well and the states in which the majority believe in the right to bear arms allow people to bear arms in, in the states that they don't don't and then you'll be able to see firsthand what the difference is in those policies and if the states that have gun ownership rights have much less crime then the other states will be given pause for thought to rethink and if the states that don't allow abortion leads to a lot of a lack of social cohesion and conflict and a uh, hanger uh, abortions and stuff like that, well then maybe they too will have to rethink their policies in some time. But you have to trust that people can make mistakes and societies can make mistakes and learn from those mistakes and adapt.
1: Yeah. But anyway, looks like, well not looks like, Trump is the president-elect, so lefties, stop crying in your suit. It's not edifying, it's not dignified. Get a better candidate. Uh, yeah, get a better candidate next time. Exactly. So, uh, yeah, and you know, yeah, I've just got to say that. Finally, how much did the woman want the deck stacked in her favor? Right. You know, the media was on her side, the establishment was on her side, uh, the rhetoric was on her side. Everything seemed to be on her side, and yet. She lost it. She will go down in the history as the Democratic candidate who lost an election to Donald Trump. That's extraordinary. You know, um, if you couldn't beat... that, It's your fault. You know, she's only got herself to... That's who we should blame. We shouldn't blame fascists. You shouldn't blame uh, white nationalists. You shouldn't blame misogynists. You should just blame Hillary Clinton for not being a better candidate So uh, and yourselves. Okay, back to reality. <laughs> We're done with Trump? We're done with Trump. We're done with Trump, okay. This is a health uh, article. Um, costly cancer drugs are, quote, unethical, okay? Uh, now, this is something close to home for me. My mother died of cancer, uh, so it's just something to know a little bit about. Cancer patients who will, quote, almost inevitably die, unquote, from their tumours are needlessly having six figures, some spent on expensive chemotherapy. Peter Wise, a former consultant at Charing Cross Hospital London, said costly treatment does little to improve survival chances for many people who often have, quote, unrealistic expectations, unquote, that can prolong their lives chemotherapy often chosen to treat the disease alongside other targeted drugs or radiotherapy has only been shown to extend life by a few months on average he said and this is him writing in the British Medical Journal Um, he said that you know cancer survival has improved in recent decades but only in a small part of this can be attributed to expensive drugs and that the the money would be better ploughed into you know uh, maybe palliative uh, treatment etc and he find, he, he find, finishes off by saying, quote, the approval of drugs with such small survival benefits raises ethical questions, unquote. Anthony, what's the, what do we think on vast amounts of money being spent on chemotherapy for people who have a very slim chance of survival? Well, these
0: are the ethical considerations that come up when you have to ration public funds yeah. on the healthcare Earlier this year, we also saw, <clears throat> and I think this is uh, symptomatic of the government um, being very concerned about the rising costs of healthcare over the decades. And because earlier on, we saw another article where time wasting patients with minor ailments like blocked noses and dandruff cost the NHS more than two billion a year. Now, I do, okay. I do, how do they arrive at that figure? I'm not really sure, okay. but, but they were also complaining about patients missing GP's appointments. Right. Now, I don't know how uh, much a GP's time is worth per hour, but um, I'm guessing since they have to do seven years at university, they're probably highly qualified and their, their time's probably worth a lot of money. Now, this is the divisiveness and finger-pointing that can only culminate from these resources having to be rationed. I mean, I'm just trying to get up a figure here on how many people are on NHS waiting lists at one time. I believe that it's um, really a, a, an astonishing figure. Okay. Um, delays in colon treatment, uh, colon cancer treatment. Uh, been so long that 20% of cases were incurable by the time they received treatment. Mm. The same has been true of lung cancer patients and cardiac patients die waiting for treatment. And so there's no no life-affirming way of dealing with this stuff when you have to have a bunch of bureaucrats decide who's worth the money and who's not. I've said this before, but in a sane system... Healthcare should cost the government or whoever is paying for it less every year, not more, because people should be getting more well. And yet we've seen massive rises in all these chronic illnesses. So, so people are going to be at each other's throats. People are going to say those patients shouldn't be getting those treatments and things like that because people aren't adequately um, prepared to... To have systems in place to deal with their own healthcare problems, right. in a in a system of an insure of insurance cooperatives uh, paired with private treatments, paired with charity, paired with volunteering, um, you'd have people in these positions will have paid into their insurance cooperative or would have put money aside in a low risk but with relatively high return uh, account so that if they ever came into healthcare problems they could draw down for that now people have been left in a position where they are dependent on government and what the government says is what they're going to get and and it's it's really really a very sad state of affairs what do you say
1: yeah i, I couldn't agree more that this is this is what happens in a, in a bureaucracy um i know that went with my mother Uh, she went through some very traumatic uh, chemotherapy and radiotherapy quite early on Um, it's debatable how much it prolonged her life and while the chemotherapy and radiotherapy were going on, her quality of life was pretty poor Mm. Um, and maybe it would have been better to put that money spent on chemotherapy and radiotherapy into palliative uh, treatment and uh, you know just making her life uh, a lot better in in the last in those last right. days. Um, you know there's a there's a cancer industry yes. out there, uh, and that includes charities as well. I mean there's yeah. there's so many cancer charities, and you'd think maybe that's a good thing because they'd all be competing, but they're all competing just to collect money, and then once they've collected the money, um, they go well, what do we do with this? because there's a limited amount of places where they can actually spend it to to get the the treatment done, you know. Um, It'd maybe be great if there was a... Because, you know, there's a mind-boggling array of cancer charities, and it seems that every time maybe a kid dies of leukaemia or somebody dies of charity, they set up another charity. I don't think we need more charity, uh, cancer charities. I think we just need better ones and the money spent more wisely. And... uh,
0: we have a situation where the only thing that is remunerated by our healthcare system is sickness. So it's yeah. not healthcare we have, it's sick care. I see a stat that says 70% of healthcare procedures in the US are currently due to preventable or lifestyle-created illnesses. But when when you just end up there, and, and the whole focus is on treatment, because you can treat a patient forever, but you can only cure a patient once. If you prevent the patient from becoming ill, you don't make any money. If I had a financial advisor, I would want to make sure that my financial advisor made more money when I made more money and and didn't make as much money when I was losing money. And it's the same with our healthcare system. The, The healthcare industry, the cancer industry, whether they like it or not, are only going to be receiving money when people are sick. In a more organic system, a, a bottom-up system of healthcare and um, provision from multiple sources, be they private, be they cooperative, be they charities, people could get incentivized with lower premiums for pursuing healthy lifestyles and they could get penalised by having to pay more into their cooperative if they did not pursue those healthy lifestyles and we would see a lot of research be targeted at discovering what people could do to avoid getting high cost illnesses And also on how to motivate people. Because it's 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 one thing telling your patients to get exercise and eat well. But do you know what? If they feel like crap, they're not going to want to exercise. They're not going going to want to eat well. You know, they're going to want to participate in um, addictive activities. And the whole focus of our healthcare system has not been on how to optimise the potential of human life in this planet, in terms of their mindset and, and in terms of their their lifestyle choices, instead all the money's funneling into expensive drugs and procedures that can fetch a price, and 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 it's a sad waste of human potential.
1: Yeah. So yeah, that's a, that's a view in cancer on this. Uh this health problem, basically the free market's the answer. <laughs> okay. Or it's the, of, it's the beginning of the answer, at the very least. So, yeah, we're down to the... To the, box. The, the, the headline here is, it's under military, but it's not quite military. But they're, they're pushing for a bill to punish... Again, this is something close to me, because as an ex-soldier, wants to punish, quote, stolen valour imposters. Okay, it says, the Walter Mitties that are damaging real veterans' credibility. So, it, it, from the outset, it seems like a case of um, consumer fraud. Right. Okay. okay, when a 61-year-old man joined an annual Remembrance Day parade in 2009 wearing an array of medals so so impressive that a military expert said he would have to be some sort of Rambo character to have won them all, the media investigated. He was tracked down and revealed to be a man named Roger Day. He claimed his medals were pucker, but his story was denounced by military personnel. And over the last few years, more and more instances of stolen valour have cropped up so much so that exposing military imposters has become a cottage industry with verified veterans themselves identified and exposing fraudsters. Uh, and they call themselves the Walter Mitty Hunters Club. Now there's this is one of these things where people get upset when you when you start to ask people questions. Okay. Why is it wrong for me to question somebody sitting in the street with a, a sign saying, you know, I'm an ex-soldier, I'm homeless and hungry You know, please, uh, please give me some money. And I say, okay, what's your army number? You know, and then he gets upset, which is a a big tell right away. And then other people that hear me get upset and go, oh, why are you asking that? That's terrible. You know, the guy's homeless. Isn't that enough? But I think it's a big problem when the consumer's defrauded because people end up giving less and less money if they think there's more fraudsters out there. And I think it's a despicable thing to start with, uh, to steal another man's laurels and pretend that you're something that you're not, that you're some sort of war hero uh, when you're not. It really bugs me. Uh, but what's
0: more, it's just sad. I mean... Yeah, it's quite how, sad. How fucking low does your self-esteem have to be yeah. that you want to, like, steal someone's medals and pretend they're
1: yours? I, I, mean, I know. It, it, it's not... I mean, look, speaking as somebody who's in the army it doesn't impress the women that much. Right? Take it from me, right? Or it impresses a certain kind of woman that promised me you really don't have any want, any, want anything to do with. So, uh, and the, the, the people I met, the more somebody who goes on about their military record, you can probably guarantee that they've done very little. And this, 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 this can be serious because you get people who are actually claiming uh, medical treatment and psychological treatment right. for right. P- for for PTSD uh, and for other uh, for other things. And when you actually investigate it, I mean, I've got a friend of mine who I was in the army with, who's a psychiatric nurse, and he's you know he's, he's spotted a lot of these guys. You know, some of them were never anywhere near the military. Some of them who were in the military were only in for six months or six weeks, never made it out of training. And then some of them were maybe in cushy numbers. Like, you know, 100 miles, you know, they've got PTSD because a blanket that they were stacking fell on their head, you know, about 50 miles behind any, uh, you know, getting close to even an angry man. So we call these guys Walter Mitties and waltz, are not confined to the military, you know, you get all sorts of waltz, you get legal waltz, you get, you know, medical waltz, you get all all these people that they're pretending to be what they're not. And I think it's, uh, it's quite damaging and I think questions have to be asked. Uh, at every level as to look what is your military record and and have it checked out because the more of these fraudsters there are there, the less the actual veterans you know there are actual veterans out there on the streets homeless there are actual veterans out, veterans out there who need medical treatment and who need psychological counseling and they're not getting it because they don't ask for it and the people who do ask for it are frauds. So what do we do about this? the government wants to introduce some sort of law, that makes me nervous. Um, I guess fraud's already against the law. That's what I thought. Yeah, yeah. You, you're not allowed to defraud people. You're not allowed to cl- claim that you're. You know, if you if you already, if somebody's claiming for a, a for medical treatment and it turns out that they're fraudulent, then they should be prosecuted just under laws that we already have. I don't think we need more. Uh, we don't think we need more laws. And I think these groups, you know, like the Walter Mitty Hunters Club, I think that's probably a good thing. They can expose people online, you know, publish the details and uh and that's a good way of naming and shaming these, these characters. What do you think yourself there, aren't they? I think you brought it down to the bottom line, which is a very libertarian
0: bottom line, which is government, don't pass laws, just enforce the ones that we already have.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't know whether it would be worthwhile having some sort of uh, government accreditation to say, okay, this person is... Because at the end of the day, if you were a soldier, you worked for the government. Mm. You know, so when you get your discharge paper... Well, everybody, every soldier should have discharge papers. Right. Okay, I've lost them. Then maybe some sort of accreditation, some way of getting accreditation quickly and easily so that they can get treatment. You can get an app. You can get an app. Yeah, you get an app on your, your mobile phone. Okay, so anyway, that's we're done with that. Let us know what you think of any of these issues that we've discussed. Uh, you can leave comments on our YouTube page. If you think it was a good idea that we'd done the, the live feed and you want to see more of that, we certainly do. We'd love to do it again. If you've got any ideas about what we should do it about, if you know of any event that's worthwhile doing a live feed about, let us know.
0: Until then...
1: Don't be a righty
0: or a lefty. Be Be a libertarian.